From the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is the Entree Leadership Podcast, where I take calls from leaders like you about what it takes to win at any stage of business and leadership. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host with over 30 years of experience leading in the trenches right alongside you. If you got a question, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to entreeleadership.com slash ask, and I'll leave a little note as to what you want to talk about. We'll call you back and put you on the show. And, or you can leave a voicemail by calling 844-944-1070. Hey, Dave, I want to talk about blank and our team will get with you and get you on here. It's how that works. Joel starts this hour off uh, with Portland, Oregon calling. Hi, Joel. How are you? Well, good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? I have a pest control company in the Portland, Oregon area. Um, we are a niche company within pest control to where it's very specialized. We do a lot of moles and gophers. Um, and then we do rats and mice and wild and, and voles. And so it's very, uh, very much a niche within pest control. Um, it's a very seasonal business. And so I'm trying to figure out um, how to best keep on good employees year-round, um, as well as being able to incentivize them, because we make about 60% of our annual income over about a four-month period, and then the other 40% over the remaining eight months of the year. And so trying to figure out how to best keep on um, good employees and how to incentivize them when we are making good money um, and then keep them on when it's slower. So that's my question. Very difficult to, to, to build the thing around gopher season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is just to expand your offering and, you know, yeah, you've got this segment of business, but eight months of the year, you haven't got anything to do. So it's like, you know, okay, we cut grass in the summer and blow snow in the winter. Uh, so if right. we have, if we have four months of gopher season, then we're going to have to chase some other kind of pests in the non gopher season, right? You probably need so to we... add some, to, something to your offering so that your business is more diversified. Yeah, so we just just a couple of years ago, I took over the company, and we added a number of services with doing the rats and mice, and we we've been adding to that um, as well. But I'm also thinking about adding different products to our website that we can also sell, um, that would kind of help bring people to the website, but also be a second stream of income. Um, that's, that's kind of my second, uh, part of the question and how, and how to go about doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you got, if you only have labor needs four months a year, you may have contract employees. You don't want people sitting around eight months a year on salary. That's going to be very difficult to maintain. I have I have two people that are on salary, and then the rest are W two employees. Um, we we still stay. Everybody's like, a like W two employee. You mean the rest are hourly? They're all hourly. Yeah. Okay. All right. But they yeah. just don't get any um, hours those other months, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So try, trying to like um, where I would build up my nest egg in the summertime because that's where we make the most of our money. 
And then how can I incentivize them to where when the company is making money, they're making extra money as well on top of their hourly wage? Would that be profit sharing or what would that look like? I, I, I wouldn't want to do that for eight months out of 12. Okay. I, I don't think it's necessary. I think you've just got some part-time labor during your four months or some contract labor during your four months. Your other two employees, yeah, you've got to expand your business offering enough that you uh, – I, I don't want a business that makes all its money in four months. I'd like to have some other – I'd like to I'd like to keep that money and also make some other money doing some other things during the off months, like you said, whether it's offerings of products on the website or whether it is, um, a, you know, different kinds of pest control that are not as seasonal. And you keep, you know, your two full-time people and you busy in those other eight months. Uh, but, I, you know, when I look up three years from today, I don't want 60% of my income coming from four months. That leaves you too vulnerable uh, to a competitor, to an employee problem, a pricing problem, too many other things. And, uh I, you know, so I'm going to diversify my offerings and balance the revenue stream, uh, the flow of revenue out a little bit more across the years. I don't mind some seasonality, but what you're describing is extreme and it's very difficult to, you know, artificially prop up, you know, very many team members, uh, in 75% of your year is underperforming. So I, I really wouldn't want to go there. But, uh, uh, again, it, it's much like saying, you know, we're in an agriculture, and when harvest is coming in, we need some people. And when harvest isn't coming in, we don't need some people. It's the same thing. It's a season. A season. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. Here's a math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so you and your team need to streamline time-consuming tasks to focus on the activities that make money. Smart businesses are realizing that to reduce headaches as they scale, they need NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform. With NetSuite, you can reduce IT costs because it's cloud-based. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one source of truth. It's a big deal. And you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, saving time and cutting manual tasks and errors. So join the more than 37,000 smart companies like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and are boosting their efficiency with NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to drive the right behaviors for your business absolutely free at NetSuite.com slash Ramsey. That's NetSuite.com slash Ramsey to get your own KPI checklist. This is it, folks. You're about to lose the special price for Summit 2024. You'll pay $300 more for a ticket after February 9th than if you grab your tickets right now. Trust me, you do not want to miss our 10-year anniversary for Entree Leadership Summit. We're taking Summit to Dallas, Texas this year. It's going to be bigger and better than ever. This year, you'll hear from some of the world's top thought leaders like James Clear, author of the best-selling perennial bestseller, Atomic Habits, Micro, national TV host of Dirty Jobs, Pat Lencioni, 
and he's going to be with us. And you just, it's absolutely amazing. You don't want to miss this. Other world-class communicators, you're going to connect with over 2,700 leaders just like you. Most importantly, you'll come away with the tools you need to grow your business like never before. Don't wait. This event is already 85% sold out, and prices go up $300 on February the 9th. Go to entreleadership.com slash summit and reserve your tickets right now. Courtney's with us. Courtney's in Columbia, Missouri. Hi, Courtney. How are you? Hi, Dave. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, okay, so I am a vice president of a $150 million family-owned bank. Uh, we have about 27 employees right now, five of which are part-time. And we're just trying to get some insight into giving personal development to both our employees and obviously our management. Okay. Personal development. What is it you're wanting to develop? Um, well, we've discussed that lately, and obviously we want to develop our people both throughout our institution, but we want to get them prepared. If they're not always going to be with us, we want to be that place that they look back on and say, this is where I really learned not only life skills, but also how to be a good employee. Um, like I said, we're starting with us in management. So we're talking about a mentor mentorship program currently. Um, we've read a lot of leadership books like Ideal Team Player, uh, The Speed of Trust currently, stuff mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. But we're worried that we're just not meeting everything that we want to. And I just didn't know if you had any insight on what we could possibly do better. Well, I, I think you need to be – the first step is you've got to be very clear on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, right now it sounds like um, you have a general bent towards self-improvement and education. But I, I, I would say the, you know, you need to measure, uh, you, you need something that's measurable. What, what is it we want to, what's our net result, our key performance indicator, our KPI, what's our net result we're trying to accomplish with this program, uh, with our leadership team, and then with the rest of the team as well. Uh, an example is this, um, I believe in furthering your education, reading books, taking classes, going to conferences, learning, okay? I, I have done that my whole life, and I believe in that. So many years ago at Ramsey, I did not clearly define education. I just said all education is good, which kind of is, but it's not. And so we will pay up to $2,500 a year for you to take a class. Well, guess what? I had two people studying to be nurses, and I was paying for it. And we don't need nurses at Ramsey, so it was kind of dumb. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I just kind of said, "Oh, all classes are good. We'll pay for." Uh, that's kind of a nice employee benefit to encourage personal growth, right? And uh, mm -hmm. really, what I was doing is training someone for a new career to leave. And that really wasn't that goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I really think I'm not doing that anymore. So we stopped that program, and now we approve training that helps you to do your job here. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. nothing else. I don't need a veterinarian, so you're not going to take veterinarian classes, right? I mean, oh, my gosh, the dumb things yeah. I have done. That was just so stupid when I look back on it. But th that came from a general feeling that education is good. And it is, but uh, then I put a very specific program in place 
that was at cross purposes with running my stupid company. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I had to undo it. And, and so what I would encourage you to do is say exactly what do we want this program to accomplish? Now that actually the asking that question in a different way is what caused entree leadership to be born. The way this whole brand and teaching and leading and working with small business people was born was we said, we want to teach our people how to run a business the way we want this business run. And if you want to know how to do that, you, you have to know how to do that to be in leadership. But if you just want to learn how to run a business the way we're running this one, come to this class. And we were teaching a class on Tuesday afternoon, and we called it Entree Leadership because we wanted entrepreneurs and leaders, not just leaders and not just entrepreneurs. And so uh, we wanted entrepreneurial leaders. Thus, the name was born, Entree Leadership. And that's how this whole thing started is I'm going to teach. It was a personal development or a leadership development track for our team. And then people outside the business kept going, Hey, can I come to that class? I love it. And it turned into a huge brand and major national best-selling book. So, uh, you know, here we sit, uh, 15 or years late or so later, but, um, anyway, that that's, you know, what I would do is develop a track that takes people where you want them to go. It could be a series of books you read. Okay, we're going to take we're going to go through these three books in leadership as a team and discuss them like it's a book club. And so, you know, so that we're on the same page with Pat Lincioni's uh, Humble Hungry Smart, so that we're on the same page uh, with whoever. Uh, Dave Ramsey on Ontario Leadership. We're on the same page with, um, if we're going to, as a group, disagree and not implement one of the values of one of these pieces of material or curriculum, then fine. That works too. But I think you set that up for your leadership team, and then you might have a little different agenda or track for uh, the rest of the team. But it can start with an occasional class and a handful of books that are aligned with what you're trying to accomplish. And most of what Lencioni has written are all of it, if probably all of it. Um, and a lot of what Malcolm Gladwell has written and a lot of uh, what Simon Sinek has written. And, a, you know, those are things that go through our organization all the time. Trust has gone through our organization. Crush went through our organization. Uh, lots of people have, have, have uh, you know, learned stuff from these different books and then it ends up kind of going viral internally. But some of the ones are, some of them are just things that we in leadership said, hey, everyone needs to know this. Everyone inside this organization needs to get better at this. And so we'll hand out a book or we'll say, hey, we're going to get together and we're going to do two sessions. Uh, we now have an internal leadership development thing called Ontario Leadership University. And on Tuesday morning, uh, at least once a month, early, we get donuts and anybody that wants to learn this entree leadership material and fresh stuff that we're doing inside of Ramsey, uh, you need to come to that and it's voluntary. You don't have to come, but, uh, there's usually several hundred people there. It could be the teaching and it could be the donuts. I don't know. So, but either way we're, we're drawing them in. So, but you, my, my, my point is it doesn't have to be complicated. Number one, number two, it does need to be aimed at something very specific that is a value or a skill you're trying to build inside the organization. Don't go train nurses when you don't need nurses. That was something stupid I did. There you go. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Trainual. Even when you're great at running the day-to-day, -day, a lot of leaders struggle to delegate. But delegation is a critical leadership skill, and empowering your team by building that skill 
just takes having the right system in place. Well, Trainual is that system, and it's a game changer. Trainual is an easy-to-use app that helps document and organize everything about your company in one place. Clear outlines for every role and responsibility, step-by-step training for all your SOPs and employee handbook content, an org chart and directory. You can build accountability tests. Employees can even use Trainual's powerful search to answer their own questions. Companies using Trainual are cutting training time and related costs by up to 75%. Get started with over 300 templates and their world-class support. It's time to get your entire team playing from the same playbook. Visit trainual.com slash entree today for a demo and get 15% off your first year with code entree15. That's 15% off at T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L dot com slash entree with code E-N-T-R-E-1-5. Having lived as much life as I have lived and been blessed to be in some of the rooms I've been in, I'm very seldom starstruck. Um, not because I'm cool or anything, I'm just not impressed. Um, it's, I'm not impressed, and I'm, it's kind of weird for me And on the very rare occasion that someone's starstruck and it's me. It's kind of like, dude, it's just me. I'm just a little ball-headed guy. Chill your butt, you know? But the... Uh, um, Seriously, but I I got to tell you, the things that I get starstruck with are you guys, you heroes that run businesses. You get up every morning, you put up with the trolls, you put up with the dissatisfied, stupid people that you, that you have to deal with, and you fight and you scratch and you do 2,000 things right and three things wrong, and everybody's talking about the three things, and you keep going anyway. You guys are heroes. You push through. And nobody gives you a place where you can stand up and say, we did it. We're killing it. So one of the things we do around here, because I'm a fanboy for business people. I'm a fanboy for the small business entrepreneur who gets up, leaves the cave, kills something and drags it home, who carves something out in spite of this ridiculous tax code that we live in ridiculous set of regulations that we live in in spite of all of that they get up and they go into the marketplace and they're able to deliver value and win and help people so because i am a fanboy i want you to come on the show come on this podcast and tell people when you did something cool i want you this is a place where you are invited to brag because when you do that it inspires other people that look like you talk like you and walk like you and that's what we want here. We want them to be inspired by you. Kevin is calling us from Phoenix with a great brag, and I'm a fanboy. Hey, Kevin, what's up? Dave, it's an honor, my friend. How are you? It's an honor to me. I'm starstruck. What's going on? Tell me your brag hey, story. <laughs> well, you know, this isn't a brag about me. This is a brag about the mighty God we serve. Amen. Um I am, along with my wife, the owner of a health coaching practice. Uh, we specialize in helping people lose weight, get healthy, and get into the best shape of their lives. It's a program that changed our lives over 12 years ago. Excellent. Uh, besides my wife and I, uh, we have one full-time employee, one part-time employee. Um, we have all four of our kids on payroll, so they're maxing out their Roth IRAs. Our 16-year-old has well over 50000 in a Roth IRA. It works for uh, me. Thanks to our business. Yeah. Um, and then we have several contractors we work with, um, but most of the work is done by my wife and I. But uh, So the cool thing is last year, uh, our top line revenue was over $5.5 million. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, praise God, right? But here's here's the really cool stuff. Uh, our net profit uh, was over eight hundred sixty-seven thousand. Um, wow. But in addition to that net profit, my wife and I took as salary over seven hundred nine thousand dollars. And in addition to that, um, we paid out to the two of us because we're the sole shareholders of our company nine hundred and seventy thousand dollars. But as cool as all that stuff is, it doesn't compare to what I'm about to share with you next, is we tithed off of our gross to the tune of $1.9 million in uh, last year. Oh, goodness gracious. So I'll, I'll share how this, this evolved, Dave. It's, it's just, I mean, it's a total God thing. Uh, I was a cop uh, a little over 10 years ago. My wife started our business in 2011. It was a side hustle. She wanted to make some extra money because I was working probably 20 hours of overtime per week. Uh, we had three young boys under four years, and I was gone all the time. Crazy hours, and my wife was like, if I could just, this is how crazy it was. If I could make 500 to $800 a month, Kevin would not have to work overtime. If I did it, we'd pay the house off early, um, you know, save for our own Roth IRA and not be completely dependent on the pension, um, maybe be able to take a real vacation. Um, so my wife started this, and God just blessed it within just a few months, I saw the potential and started helping her instead of working overtime. And within about 18 months of me helping my wife, I quit the police department, was able to come home, be a stay-at-home dad, and we run our business uh, from home. But the really cool thing is at the end of 2016, I just felt God saying, Kevin, you trust me with the net. Will you trust me with the gross? And I had a conversation with my wife, Becca, and we decided that in 2017, we would tithe 10% of our gross revenue, which I'm sure you would say is insane. My accountant would say is insane. My financial advisor would say is nuts. But we serve a mighty God, and we just wanted to put him to, to the test, like uh, Malachi says. And since then, we have tithe, increased our tithe by 5% every single year until last year when we hit uh, 35%. And, then, uh, and that's how we hit the $1.9 million. And it's been amazing. You know, people... We'll say uh, money doesn't buy happiness. And I heard this quote recently. I can't remember who said it. Um, if you don't believe money doesn't buy happiness, you just haven't given enough away because it is a ton of fun <laughs> to make an impact <laughs> in the world. <laughs> That's fun. I like that quote. That's good. If you don't believe money won't buy happiness, you haven't given enough away. Oh, that's perfect. Well, good for you, man. Wow. What a machine you've yeah. created. A generosity you know, machine. Yeah, and that's our goal. Um, we really, you know, one of our, I, I learned this from uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who I met at one of your first Entree Leadership Summits 10 years ago or whenever that was. Yeah. And he would talk about prosperity with a purpose. So, you know, just along with the principles, the biblical principles that you teach and reading that book, it had a huge impact on my life. And it's kind of one of my wife and I, it's one of our you know mission statements is just to um, build prosperity, but with a purpose. Uh, and uh, we just want to really encourage other people that uh, when you trust God and tithe and put him first, he, he holds his promises. And uh, I'll just, I'll just finish up that, you know, this year is in our almost 13 years of business will be the first year their business didn't grow. Um, we're actually going to take about a 20% revenue hit this year. And we had predetermined how much we were going to tithe. And so um, the net effect of our tithe this year is actually over 50%. Um, it's not how much we intended to tithe because we expected our business to grow like it has in the past. 
Um, but we still have plenty of money to live on. Um, you know, we've had to cut back on some of the finer things of life, uh, but we've just been committed to give the way that we told God we would when we started out this year, and uh, we'll never regret it. No, you won't. There's never a time you regret generosity. So very, Absolutely not. very well done, Kevin. So proud of you, hero. Excellent, excellent job, man. You're kicking it. And I love the generosity piece. That is just absolutely fabulously done. Man, you cannot argue with with, being, with giving money away. You really can't. It's a, it's a proven formula for just for, for dancing, dancing in the streets, man. I mean, it just... It just makes life good. The old Snoopy dance. You put your nose up, ears back, and have at it, right? That's how you do it. And that, that's that's what happens when you're generous. Things change. It changes the moves the needle on everything. Way to go, Kevin! I told you I was a fanboy. Just like that. That's how that works around here. You can't beat it. You can't beat it at all. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. We just got back from Summit 2024 in Dallas, and it was absolutely incredible, y'all. If you missed it, you don't want to miss the next one. Me and a few thousand small business leaders are going to Denver next May to hear from John Maxwell, Pat Lincioni, Dr. John Deloney, and many, many more. Plus, for the first time ever, we're doing reserved seating. The sooner you lock in your tickets, the better your seats will be. But hundreds of tickets are already gone. So don't wait. Go to entreleadership.com summit to reserve your seats today. Thank you for joining us. This is all about leadership, particularly around leading and running and operating a wonderful world-class small business. Thanks for hanging out with us, America. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. I am Dave Ramsey, your host. Thanks for being here. Maggie is in Chicago. Hey, Maggie, what's up? Hi, Dave. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. I'm honored. How can we help? Uh, I own a private tutoring company and work as the only full-time employee with around 13 tutors working part-time. The business has been around for about five years. Um, I feel really lucky to be able to have helped as many students and families as we, as we do. Uh, especially knowing all the responsibilities that schools and teachers have these days. In 2022, our revenue was 94000 and we did 30000 in profit, or I made 30000 in profit. In 2023, revenue was 140000 and 40000 in profit. My question is about expanding the business and the possibility of franchising. How do I expand the business in an authentic way, and is franchising a good idea? Uh, there are two different questions. Um, sure. you, in order for someone to purchase a franchise from you, they would be buying a unique set of business operating processes, systems, trademarks, national brand that they don't, can't otherwise get. So we'll use a, uh, a very generic but popular example, Subway Sandwich. You're buying a national brand. Everybody knows Subway. It's an established brand. But you also have a unique set of processes that create a sandwich a certain way so that it is a Subway sandwich because it's not a sub sandwich from the place down the street. It's a Subway sandwich. You can open a Subway sandwich not wrapped in Subway wrapping, 
And if you've eaten at Subway several times, you will recognize whether that sandwich is a Subway sandwich or not. You follow me? So, yeah. You know, Mc, obviously, McDonald's has a Big Mac. Obviously, Burger King has a, you know, has a Whopper and so on. I'm using restaurant items, but you can go with anything. So what you have is a unique process. Um, I, I've got a relative that is in the sign franchise business. He's the franchisor, and they have the sign companies that make quick sign, the fast signs like banners and that kind of thing, and they operate in a uh, like a shopping center, uh, 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 strip center type bay, and you go in there and get de- decals made for your car or banners or whatever, and they have a proprietary software that cuts the sign lettering and helps design the signs and then prints the, the you know the the equipment that prints it is very proprietary and very standalone. So what you have to have is something that's very unique and or a, a nationally known brand that you're okay. selling because that's what someone would pay for. They would pay for those two things because they would make a pile of money in profit using your unique processes or u- unique uh, brand differentiators and using your national brand. Now, in a lot of, if you're starting a franchise, you don't have the national brand yet and you wouldn't right. today. Right. Um, but you would have to have something unique and you'd have to have it causing them to believe they're going to make substantial profit for having purchased this from you. Uh, you do not have that yet. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, but you don't have the substantial profit. No one, uh, I mean, you, you have a good thing going. I'm proud of you. You're doing good work and you're making some money, but mm-hmm. you, you need to, you know, if I'm going to buy a franchise from you on how to do tutoring and operate a bunch of contract tutorers to do that, I need to make a couple hundred grand a year for doing it, not 40. Okay. And then I might pay you for it, but I'm not going to pay you for the opportunity to make 40 grand. Okay. If, if I'm, I don't mean that in a mean way, but you just no. that's that's what you're up against. Now, so sure. that brings us, and the other thing is, once you get into this, if you start reading and start doing some stuff on franchising for the rest of our listeners' benefit out there, the uh, federal regulations on the franchise or when you're offering a franchise for sale are really pretty ridiculous. You have to print out an FDD, a franchise disclosure document that basically says your franchise is worthless, you're going to fail if you try it. It's all this negative disclosure and disclaimer stuff, about as thick, about two inches thick if you print it all out. And it costs you several tens of thousands of dollars to have an attorney, have a law firm develop this document that says that you're worthless. It's, it's ridiculous, really. But it is part of the regulations around franchising. Now, to, to hand someone that, before they consider buying a franchise. Um, okay. and, and so you have to develop all this other stuff around it to, 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 and then you have to go sell the franchise in spite of the fact you just told them it's worthless with this document. And so it, it's a very strenuous business. Um, okay. I'm not much of a fan of it. Uh, but, uh, but, but it, uh, now all of that aside, then I think we need to come back to the core issue, which is how does Maggie expand the awesome thing she's doing where a bunch of kids are getting helped learning, yeah. uh, and, and with, with some wonderful tutors that you have arranged. And I'd love to see you expand that. Um, yeah. so, uh, first thing I would do is I would probably look towards 
some kind of price increases to get the net profit up on the business. I'd like okay. to see Maggie making more money. You deserve okay. it. You deserve it. You're doing great work. You're helping a lot of people. Uh, but um, it, but you, you, you are a person, you are a lover of students. You're not 100%. a, you, you, you don't, you, you don't love money. You love students and right. it shows in the way you put this together. Yep, exactly. And I would say, you know, the biggest part of, you know, when I think about growing the business, but I guess the biggest obstacle for me is that personal touch that I feel like I'm able to provide and give yes. you know, to not only, you know, the tutors, the families, the students, um, I don't work with students personally any, anymore, but, you know, it's still so, having that large but, but So what you have done is you have delegated the authenticity and the personal touch to the tutors. Correct. So you've Correct. been able to transfer that skill. Yes. More of, you know, how do I, I would say, expand into more, you know, more towns, more areas. And so then, how did you, know, you train those tutors to do, to do, to have the heart like you've got? I don't necessarily train them. I just look for very specific types of people. And, and, then, then, and then they are, they are aligned with your values, so correct. it makes them easy to buy into your system of authenticity. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, what, when, that's the same answer I give. That's a fabulously wise answer when people say, how do you have such motivated people? And I say, how do you motivate your people? And I said, I don't. I don't, I don't motivate our people. I hire motivated people and then I point them at something and they go off. Yep. Right? Exactly. And that's, that's the same thing you're doing here. And that's very wise on your part. So you have a duplicatable scalable system. You do need to build more profit into it. So I'm, I'm concerned about your pricing. Okay. Um, you're not harming anyone to charge more. Because I know. It's hard to increase prices. <laughs> I know. It is for me, too, because I love people yeah. and I want to help people. But right. people, Rabbi Lappin talks about this uh, in his book, Thou Shall Prosper. When you do a great job for people, they give you certificates of appreciation with president's faces on them. Mm -hmm. They don't mind paying for a good tutor because their kid's life has changed. Right. And you're, and not, like, you're not being greedy. You're not overcharging. I think you're pretty dramatically undercharging. Okay. Because you're not making enough money to suit me. And, uh, okay. and, and it, you, you don't have enough margin to open another location because you can't cover the, the hard costs of the next location with this narrow margin. That's what I'm concerned about. Okay. If so you were making 150000 right now, you could go over in another location and make 50000 and spend a hundred to get that location open and still be okay. But you can't go over there and, and, and spend 50,000 cause you don't have 50,000 at that location. Right. You'd, you'd be losing money the way it's structured right now. And we don't want to expand that. No. So we've got to get a little bit more profitable. Something about your business model needs to shift. It might be pricing. It might be how you're charging. I don't know what it is or, or what you're paying your tutors or whatever, but you do, you okay. found 10 people that align with you enough that you were able to transfer this authenticity. That's impressive. Yeah. Thank you. That means you can expand this when you get the numbers to work for you. Yep. And then, then what you'll have to do is find, I, I do the same thing here. 
and and the way I'm L at the I, when I'm teaching delegation, I put out a little quick read uh, on delegation, and people buy it around the Entree Leadership Tribe all the time. I'll send you a copy of it, by the way. Um, and and um, the the little delegation quick read says that the core issue with delegation is this: when you can trust someone's competency to do the job and the integrity that they will do the job, you can delegate to them. Until then, you're training or you're hiring and firing until you get somebody that's trainable. But you have to have people that when I can trust that they're competent, they're able, and they have the integrity, they're going to do the, they're going to take care of the customer. Then my brand, my company name is not being damaged by turning this over to one of my team members and walking away. Because that team member is going to do it as well or better than I would have in a way that I would have. You're going to love the people well, and I, I can trust their competency and their integrity to follow through, and then I don't have to do everything myself. But until then, you don't have someone or you don't have a system that you can delegate through. And so yeah. what that means in your case, the reason I'm bringing that up is you've got to have a leader in the other city that is a mini me. Right. They're a mini Maggie okay. and they, they can finish your sentences and they're going to lead and find and train the, their 10 tutors the way you have with the same values. And you're going to clearly identify what those values are that they're looking for in the hiring process, how you found your 10 yep. and then how they're going to run it. And you're going to write all that systems out. And now you've got a branch office that'll work. Okay. That's very doable, but all, okay. but you got to pay the leader. Yeah. And Maggie That's makes some money after the leader's paid. And there's not, again, back to my griping about your margins. Okay. Cause I want you to go make some money. You are, you deserve to make some money. Proud of you. You are amazing. Thank you for what you're doing. I think you're onto something here. And I, I think you're just coming out of the trail, the, uh, the treadmill stage and, and you're moving up through the five stages of business that we talk about in Entree Leadership all the time, hang on, and uh, our team will pick up. We're going to send you a copy of that uh, delegation quick read and get you going on that. Hey, guys, what a great lady. How fun is she? Wow. Hey, folks, remember, better a wary warrior than a quivering critic. This world needs more high-quality leaders. So take courage and lead. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Thanks for listening to the Entree Leadership Podcast.